Coop's house. All right. We spent a lot this week trying to diagnose and dissect things Daniel Hokerson had to say. So, of course, you know we're going to talk about what he said on his radio show Tuesday night. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrew, Theater Breakdown, all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who can't stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way, we get the latest on the Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to YouTube channel. It is good to see you again. If that's where you found us, welcome back. Uh, hit subscribe. Make sure we hit subscribe. We're doing a giveaway every 250 subscribers. More on one of those in a second. Um, Obviously, the next mark on that is 1750. Today's episode, we're going to be bringing out a couple different things. Um, as we come back out here where we see the full breakdown on the side here for the video audience, um, we are going to talk some about stuff Daniel Holger had to say in the first two segments. The first one, I'm intrigued by him talking about having to run the ball better. He mentioned stuff about running the ball in two different segments of the radio show hosted by Jeremy Branham. Uh, they do live at Little Wood Rose and... Um, it's a cool show, and it's a cool time if you go they ask let the audience ask questions like that. But I have two different things I want to take away from that. And um, one of those things ties into the last thing I want to talk about with football today is uh, quarterback Donovan Smith may have an injury. Doesn't sound too major, but I want to talk about what that could look like and why that could be shaping things up. And frankly, does he need to be playing at all? Um at this point. The last segment, though, I want to get hyped for volleyball because volleyball has been a lot of fun to get into as a fan this year. Uh, if you haven't been into volleyball yet, trust me, it's worth it. But we'll talk about it in the third segment. Let's start off first. Before we even jump into talking about running the football, uh, we had a some we had some tickets generously donated to be given away to people listening to the show. And I asked for you to tell me your favorite Houston Cougar football game memory. So the two people that are going to get some tickets to this week's game at San Diego State, Juan Trejo938 talked about the 2016 Houston and Oklahoma Advocare kickoff game. Um, big Oklahoma game with Baker Mayfield and all of that. That was a fun one for sure. Epic day, as he said. And then Audrey uh, Aubrey Morgan, 48-72, uh, November 17th against Louisville. Um, that was like electric, electric. I remember that like vividly when Houston took down Lamar Jackson in Louisville. Um, definitely the best memory of being at TDCU. And as Aubrey points out, that was a record attendance, 42 1,822. So let's add that attendance this weekend. Both of you all can either, as it says at the bottom there, DM me at Painsworth512 on any social media platform or email LOCoogspod at gmail.com. The, uh, the operating email address right now for Locked on Cougspod, LOCoogspod at gmail.com. All right. Um, I said I want to talk in the first segment about – congratulations, I should say, by the way. I want to say I want to talk about the first segment something about um, – looking into the stuff of the run game, I'd say, because Dana Holgerson was very adamant in his time. And they spent time talking about some about NIL and some about the uh, Memorial Herman's uh, partnership with the new football building and all those different things too. It wasn't like they were just talking about, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly. They talked, it was a very, you know, good conversation. It's a fun show. It makes it a fun show. They talked some about TCU as well. If you can go check it out. Um, it's online as well, I believe. Um, but they do it every Tuesday, so just go to Little Woodrow's. Um, this thing that interested me about the run game, though, was they kind of focus on two different parts. And one 
I think the overarching theme was that Dana is not pleased. Um, and I know that there are some people that like have all be all kinds of way with Dana Holgerson. I've said before, I think it's a very easy thing for people to get quickly in the, you know, find the next coach kind of move when everything's going south. And he uses one and two. Like, I think you're going to hear a lot of that kind of stuff. But the like authenticity in his voice about being upset about not running the football was interesting. We remember at Big 12 Media Days this year or in preseason stuff in 2022, even in season stuff in 2021, he has grown and evolved his version of the air raid to no longer really be an air raid. He's closer to a more the splits on pass run stuff, a, a tr- more traditional offense. Um, and so it's interesting to see the focus on the run game. They bring in Iman Yagavi specifically to fix that. And there were kind of two aspects of working on the run game that I took particular interest in. One is Holgerson directly challenged and called the offense line to the table. Now he said he wants to end this uh, radio show. He wants to talk about their pad level. Um, and, you know, just like the way that they come off the ball in those situations. And I think what's interesting is um, I'm saying, especially against TC with the odd front, there was like trouble getting to that second level. Some getting off of a double team. We would call it a combo block where like you'd start the play, like, double teamed on the defensive tackle and by the third or fourth step as the linebackers filling and scraping, you're peeling one of the guys, depending on what's happening is peeling off to get to the second level guy. Very common in even high school football, middle school football kind of stuff. Not like schematically anything too crazy, but it's really, really challenging. We're playing really, really good athletes because you got to know time up when you come on and come off and that kind of stuff. Right. Easier said than done is I guess what I'm trying to get at. And Houston's had some trouble with that. I think that that's what Holgerson's talking about with pad level too, because you're not under, if you're never really truly under that nose tackle, that defensive tackle, moving him to then get to the linebacker can be extra challenging. The thing I think is interesting though is we've heard since the summertime that this is a Big 12 roster. Um, they brought in a lot of transfers in the offensive line. And while some of those guys, you know, Hobby Lee and, uh, you know, uh, Dunn and guys are coming from smaller levels of football, maybe they've got a lot of snaps under their belt. And, we haven't seen a whole lot of rotation in the offensive line group. Now, there's something to say about the offensive line gelling and playing together, especially if you want to run the football. And if you want to get like combo blocks, there is something about like playing together and working together on that. And I don't mean to dismiss that. But opposite side of that coin is that having a guy behind you that comes in when you make mistakes is a way to hold people accountable. And, you know, like we have uh in a, in a, in a, at a backup center role, um, Pancake Hunter, when he came in high school, was one of the top-rated recruits in the country, right? Like, if if those kinds of guys, if, if we're trying to hold guys accountable and make them push the pile more and and really be aggressive in the run game, I feel like there should be more substitution happening, much like I said with the receivers yesterday. So we'll be interested to see if with this focus of things shift and change. Um, you know, St. Houston State, again, in a good year, should be a get-right opponent. We'll see how this weekend goes. The spread is currently 12.5 points on FanDuel.com. But I also feel like they're trying to gel and mold this group together, and, and I don't know where things go with that. I'm not in their coaching rooms. I'm not in their meeting rooms. That's just what I'm observing from afar. The other thing I noticed about the run game is that Dana Holgerson had multiple different times where he had very high things to say about my man, Parker Jenkins. Now I fell in love with Parker Jenkins. First of all, he's a highly touted recruit in Houston, staying at Houston. That's always going to be good. But Parker really won my heart over, not because his name is also Parker, but because when all that stuff went down, McCaskill in Colorado, and there's one social media mess, and some of the guys transferred out, we're talking about noise on Twitter, Twitter and da-da-da. He was like the first guy to be like, 
we're gonna be okay. And like Houston had just lost an all-world running back, and he was like, "No, no, I'm here now. We'll be okay." And the confidence in that instance. You can go back and watch the episode back when all that happened. It was when actually Colorado people got into the comment section, actually kind of took it off a little bit. Um, I really appreciated that Parker Jenkins was like, "I'm here to play running back. I don't really care who else is. I'm going to run the darn ball." Um, I've mentioned several times. I think he also has an extra oomph when he runs it. He has a, a second or third or fourth or what an extra gear compared to other guys that he shifts into really quickly. Now, I understand that freshman backs have problems blocking in the pass game and that when you have like, you know, you're trying to help out your lineman because it's playing high level competition in the Big 12, you maybe want to have a guy that's in there more to help with that kind of stuff. Um, but I was encouraged that. There were so many positive things Dana Holgerson had to say about Parker Jenkins. I feel like he's about to get a lot more clock, a lot more run. Um, and he also pointed out, and I think he's overblowing out a little bit, but I think he's just excited about Parker, um, that Parker played a lot more in the traditional running back role as the game went on. I think Parker Jenkins, like this time next year, we're talking about as being this like phenomenal, he's grown into it, he's gotten a little bit bigger, stronger, faster, he's turned into a great blocker, et cetera. He could be a great all, all down, all around back. Um, but right now, that dude needs to tote the rock. That, need to, that dude needs to tote the rock a lot. And I'm not saying Stacy Steed can't run the little uh, flat route kind of stuff. I'm not saying Brandon Campbell can't take the beating on the interior stuff. And I'm not saying that Tony Mathis doesn't offer something when he comes back from his injury. I am saying Parker Jenkins needs the rock, period, full stop. And I'm glad Dana saw it. I'm glad Dana mentioned it. Now I need to see it happen. Fair. Now, speaking of things we need to see happen, um, <laughs> I'm not going to, you don't need to see me stand up and show off the shorts or pants that I'm wearing at this particular moment. It's shorts. It's hot outside. Trust me, I know. But I do want to tell you a little bit about where I got them from. And that is none other than bird dogs. Now, bird dogs are shorts and pants that make you look good. They have stretchy, khaki colored material that's fit a little bit slimmer, but with the stretch really give you the same like flexibility of almost like an athletic short. Um, they do the same kind of thing as like a Lululemon, but they look better. They look more professional. You can wear them on dates. You can wear them to movies. You can wear them in the front of the classroom. You can wear them back in the back of the classroom. You can wear them to the gym. You can wear the shorts, the pool. I guess you wear the pants, to the pool, if you want to, but wear the shorts, the pool, you can wear them while you sit here on podcasts. You can wear them when you do anything. Uh, bird dogs use an anti-stink, sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long and looks professional and looks good and feels great bird dogs are functional for any occasion i'm not going to stand up and show you these as, even though i think the ad copy actually wants me to i'm not doing that right now um but you need to go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or in a promo code locked on college checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout you don't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you all right so i mentioned at the top that there was also in the course of running the football um dana holgerson mentioned that um donovan smith uh didn't run the ball as well in the in the uh, tcu game as did in the rice game and he was trying to figure out you know talking to donovan on sunday and monday it sounds like like, what's going on man like you weren't you weren't pounding it the same kind of way we weren't hitting the hole the same kind of way what's going on there and Donovan mentioned he had, you know, this little oblique pain, right? Now, it obviously was not the kind of injury that the training staff was super worried about. It doesn't like Dana even knew about himself at the time. But I do think that's one of those things that, A, 
as a quarterback um, is kind of important the same way it's an an oblique strain is important for a baseball player, whatever they get to take care of those things because there's so much twisting and movement and swinging as a baseball player. There's a lot of twisting and moving as a quarterback as well, because you're constantly, you know, flipping your hips to throw, flipping your hips to move, flipping your hips to run, getting all kinds of different like positions just in flipping of the hips and how that works the oblique. It also is important because Donovan Smith, and I just said this on Monday's podcast, uh, Tuesday's podcast, and now I feel like a jerk, assuming this is what's holding it back. Um, Donovan Smith is not running the ball this year, even in his best moments like in, against Rice, uh, and as far as running the ball goes. He is not running the ball the same kind of oomph or chutzpah that he ran with it a year ago at Texas Tech. And that's not to say that he's not doing some things well. I think he's getting a bad rap from some people. I've been back and forth in comment sections on Twitter, and I'm, I'm probably done arguing about it. Um, I trust my own eyes. I trust what I'm watching. And I, I just, it's never as bad as people think. It's never as good as people think either. And I, you know, I think that that's the way that goes. But I will say that having a minor injury that he's playing through and feels like he can play through might make sense when you think about like finding less contact or having less power when he initiates contact running the football. It also, I think, makes sense as to why there might not be. I mentioned the extra gears that Parker Jenkins can go into. He might be having trouble shifting those gears as well. Um, interestingly enough, I also think this explains or sheds light on some of the issues he's having with touch. I feel like his short throws have a lot of mustard on them. And they hit guys in the hands. And I'm a firm believer, if you have not figured out, that if you are a receiver that has the ball hit your hands, you need to catch it. Full stop. I made enough comments about that this week. This is not that podcast. Listen to Monday and Tuesday's episodes. But... I do think that part of the reason his ball might have so much mustard is because if you're oblique as hurt, you're putting a lot more arm into it, and a lot more drive off the leg into it, and you're not just like touch twisting into it, right? You're, you're like pushing a lot more with the rest of your body to get the ball there. That's going to put a lot of power and oomph on the football um, because those are bigger, stronger muscles. Now, does that you know make excuses? No, Houston's got to win football games. Houston's got to win football games by getting first downs. And frankly, there were still some times where I felt like in the run game, he's maybe making a read read on the wrong hole, like he's following a puller and going outside the puller instead of inside the puller or whatever. Right? Um, that's a, a super simple way to go about it. But that that's what I think is one, one also something he's doing that might not necessarily be tied to this oblique injury. I will say though, if this is the case. I'm not one for switching quarterbacks. I'm not a multi-quarterback person. Typically, Houston did say throughout the offseason that they had a true quarterback battle going on. And I've actually heard recently that that kind of ended up being kind of a three-horse race. We got, Uwe Ale was a very talented third com, uh, competitor in that competition. And I feel like you might see potentially either here Coley step into the game Early, if Houston can do can handle business, do what they ought to do in the first half against Sam Houston. Now we have seen things go more haywire than that in the past. We've also seen Houston take a while to get warmed up and get into the flow of the game in the past. So I don't want to take anything for granted. I don't mean to say that I'm taking anything for granted, but if Houston were to handle this like they should, then theoretically there would be a comfortable enough lead at some point. Again, they're a twelve and a half point favorite, right? There'd be a comfortable enough lead at some point i would imagine to let someone else spin it a little bit and let donovan take a break and not get hit so much we shall see 
on that. I will say that I'd be open to looking at it. I don't think it the two the two quarterback system as a coach with nothing that I'm into. Oklahoma State's running three and they can't beat South Alabama, right? Like I think at the end of the day, if you feel like you've got one guy that is the guy, it's kind of the only spot in football I'm not sure I'm in favor of rotating. I like rotating linemen, like I mentioned, and keeping guys honest and making guys compete for minutes or compete for snaps, right? I like rotating defense. Defensive lineman, even if you've got some studs, I say go as many deep as you can get on the field at a time to keep them fresh. I like rotating corners, like keeping their legs fresh. I like rotating receivers, like keeping their legs fresh. Quarterback's kind of the only spot where even if one of them runs, unless you've got like a goal line package kind of set up or something, which Houston could do, um, I I don't know that I'm in favor of rotating those guys. And so that's this is a, a soliloquy about something I didn't intend to go down. But if Donovan really is hurting, it might make sense to let him get healthy. But in the big picture, I'm not a fan of the rotation of guys. And so I don't know if, you know, opening that can of worms, opening that Pandora's box is something that they're going to want to do. However, it may be something that they end up doing. Now, speaking of guys getting hurt, speaking of suffering injuries, Speaking of taking care of yourself and maybe mentioning that oblique injury to your head coach before a game or before you have a performance that you want to to take back some of, if you're dealing with things like that on your own or you're dealing with other ailments at home, I got to encourage you guys to go check out Jace Medical. Now, everyone should be empowered to take care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medications, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 in value by getting the life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code Locked On. All right, so I mentioned that I want to talk some about volleyball here at the end because, and, and if the, those reading the ticker on the side here, it's volleyball school, question mark. Um Houston, much like the same anticipation going into the football season, the Big 12 play, begins official Big 12 play on Wednesday night against BYU on ESPN2, the Deuce. Now, this is on real national television. Houston gets to play BYU to open up Big 12 play. Um, The Big 12 appears to be the kind of conference um, that's just like the Big 12 men's basketball was last year where Going 500 might be good enough to make the NCAA tournament. Last year, the AVCA ranked as the top volleyball conference in America. Um, six teams are currently in the top 25. Lot, lots of long ways to say that Big 12 volleyball is the real deal. And Houston very much belongs. Houston's coming uh, coming off a year where they went 14-0 at home last year. Uh, they have a 17-match win streak at home. Last week, uh, Kellen Morin was the defensive player of the week. Um, she's eighth in the country in blocks per set, uh, which I think is important because Houston's got a couple of sweeps on the radar and, and playing like the longest of, of anyway, she's doing great. She's uh, eighth in the country in blocks per set. Other names to look out for as you watch this game on ESPN2, which I highly encourage you to do. 
is Abby Jackson. She's got 116 kills. She's a high time, a high flying and a high score. Am I saying that right? High flyer and a high score. That was harder to say than it should have been, but she's fun to watch and she's a lot more fun to watch than to hear me talk about her. I promise. Um, you also have, uh, Kenna Sauer. Kenna Sauer is a transfer from Tech. Was all Big 12 at Tech. She's at Houston now. Um, she's got 98 kills. And when she hits the ball, I think it sounds like it's popped. Like I mean, she hits it that kind of hard as she comes down with the top of it. I enjoy watching uh, Ninambanu, Ninambanu, uh come down over the top as well. She's like super long. So when she comes up, it's like, like this like I don't know, like, like this pendulum coming down on top of it. Um, also has over 50 kills. Um, she's more of a rotational kind of girl than the others, but she's a ton of fun to watch leap and run with these get girls and play. And then obviously, uh, Kate Trajadis is back on track to being, like, looks like she's going to be the libero of the year kind of candidate again. Um, she obviously had the big sports center type play last year that everyone knows her for, but she's also not just about the sports center plays. Um, she has crazy assist numbers, crazy set assist numbers, et cetera. Houston plays BYU to open up Big 12 play again on ESPN2 at 8 o'clock Texas time. Um, so make sure you tune in. It is at BYU. So it's, you know, can't go see it in person. You can watch on ESPN uh, wherever you watch your normal telecast and those kinds of things. I also think as far as social media goes, the Houston Cougar Volleyball Twitter is a great handle because they do a great job of tweeting on keeping updates going. Um, so if you're not by a TV, but you're by your phone, you want to check those kinds of things out. The uh, Houston Cougar Volleyball Twitter is a great job of keeping you up to date with not quite point by point because those happen relatively fast, but they're going game by game and they're keeping track of highlight plays and stuff like that. It's a good, good resource for if you're not by a television. Although I recommend getting to a television to watch this one because BYU is top 10. They're ranked currently ranked 10th in the country. Houston's ranked 20th. It's a matchup of two top 20 teams. Um, Houston got as high as 13th earlier this season. This is a big, big fun one for sure. So go check that out. Speaking of checking out, it's time for me to go. So thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Cougs today and making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the morning. If you're looking more into the Big 12 uh, athletic scene, you're maybe not so into playing the smaller schools like Sam Houston State or whatever, or you just eagerly anticipating more Big 12 news, go check out Locked on Big 12 for your second listen of the day. Drake's doing a fun job over there. It's a really, really good show and good listen as well. That's a great second listen each and every morning. Thank you all so much for being Locked on Cooks, your first listen of the day. Locked on Cooks is the primary Locked on Podcast Network, and that means your team every day. I'm going to flash those jersey, those uh, t-shirt, uh, those ticket winners of one more time for the YouTube audience. But remember, Locked on Cooks, primary Locked on Podcast Network, and that means your team every day. Go Cooks.